Uh, well, if you do have your bulletins, I will just want to point you to that scripture. This scripture will be on the screen as well, but we're going to look at uh, Acts uh, chapter 20, uh, Paul's farewell address. Paul was about to go to Jerusalem and about to, uh, to meet um, uh, his end. The Lord said that he wasn't going to see the Ephesian elders again, and after spending time with these beloved brothers, he was leaving, and he was going to give his last will and testament of what it means to be a pastor. So I'm going to charge uh, John now with these uh, from this text to to challenge him in the pastoral ministry. I'm primarily going to be speaking to John, uh, but it's important for all of us to, to listen to this because uh, all of you are, uh, most of you are Christians and you are members of a Christian church. And uh, I hope that you would hold and pray for your pastors, uh, the elders of your church, to live in body by these uh, challenges that I'm going to give him now. Uh, now, I probably have never had this many points in a sermon, but I promise you it will go by very quickly, Okay. We're going to go for 30 points this morning, this evening. 30 points, okay? But we're, it's going to stick to the text, so it's going to fly by pretty quick, and we're going to eat soon. Um, so let's read God's Word and dive into the text. Uh, now, from Miletus, he sent to, the church, to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia. First charge, commend yourself to the people of God by a holy life. Commend yourself to the people of God by a holy life. The one who called you, John Whitaker, is holy. Therefore, God is calling you to be holy in all your conduct. Robert uh, Murray McShane said this, and this is true, the greatest need of my people is my personal holiness. Paul commended himself to the church for the life that he lived. I ask you to do the same for every people that you minister to. Number two, commend yourself to the people of God with deep love. Acts 19, 2019, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears. You know, when we love God's people, we want to love them deeply. Good pastoral ministry is not emotionless, but it is rooted in deep joy and in deep pain. Brother, you will bury many of the people you love. You will say goodbye to many of the people you love. But you also get to celebrate marriages and new babies with the people that you love. Pastoral ministry is not for the faint-hearted. Give yourself to your people with a deep love. Also, continue, three, to pastor God's people when you face trials. We see that at the end of verse 19. It says, "...with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews." The Jews were called to be God's people, yet they did not treat Paul uh, as one who was a minister of the Lord. Uh, things will not always go well for you in ministry. People will not always treat you kindly. You need to forget what is behind and press on towards what is ahead. You need to press on toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, waiting for the chief shepherd to give the unfading crown of glory. Number four, do not shrink from teaching all that is profitable. Verse 20, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. Brother, teach hard things. Teach about sin. Teach about God's wrath. Teach about holy living. Uh, teach about difficult doctrines. Teach what the people need to hear and not what they want to hear. Number five, teach publicly. We know that the people who have heard you teach, God has gifted you to teach uh, the Word of God. It says here that, that Paul declared teaching you in public, he says, 
I pray that you would hone your craft, that you would sharpen that gift that God has given you. As Paul said to Timothy, that he would fan that flame of that gift that you have, that the people of God may be edified and strengthened. Also, teach privately. He says that I taught you publicly and from house to house. Brother, sometimes the best teaching does not happen behind a pulpit. As you know, that sometimes the best teaching happens when you're washing dishes uh, or around the table or in, in, a, in a car. There is um, much that I've seen in you modeled this time and time again, how you have taught the word of God to the people of God outside of the pulpit. I pray that you would do so more and more. Number seven, teach all people. The text says, teaching in public and house to house, verse 21, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks. The God wants the gospel to go to all people. I have been to, with you uh, out of sea, overseas. We've been to Puerto Rico. We've, uh, we've been to Guatemala and Honduras. You've been to, uh, to the Netherlands. There is a part in your heart that has a heart for the nations, that you want to see the world come to know Christ. I pray that you would do that there and that you would do that here, that you would teach all people, Jews or Greeks, what? Number eight, teach them repentance and faith. It says to, to teach Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother, that is your message. We are setting you aside to the gospel ministry. Uh, your calling is to tell people to repent of their sins and turn towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Never forget your message. This is your calling. We know that salvation is found in no other name. If you are here tonight and you are a non-Christian, can I just tell you this? There is salvation found in no other name but the name of Jesus. The reason why this, this, this service is so important is because we are saying to John that his life is given to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because there is no other name under heaven which men can be saved but Christ. We pray that if you are here tonight and not a follower of Christ, that you would repent of your sins and turn to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Number nine, trust the Spirit with suffering. The text goes on, And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me that in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. John, you have had trials in your life, both you and Jamie both, and God has persevered through those trials. We have no idea what trials are coming down the road. We have no idea what the afflictions the Lord wants to bring inside your path. But you need to know this, and all of us need to know this, that they were ordained under God's sovereign care. It says, the Spirit constrained me. The Holy Spirit has revealed to me that afflictions and imprisonment await. The Lord is not surprised when trials come. When trials come, no longer fear, for in the pain our God draws near to fire a faith worth more than gold, and there his faithfulness is told. And there his faithfulness is told. I turn to wisdom not my own. For every battle you have known, my confidence will rest in you. Your love endures, your ways are good. Your love endures, your ways are good. Brother, God's ways are good, even in trials. Number 10, value others more than yourself. We see this in verse 24. But I do not account my life of any value nor of precious to myself. You are entering a calling when your very life is meant to be poured out 
for others. Paul says that I am being poured out for the sacrifice and service of others, and I am glad and rejoice. The, the pouring out and the sacrifice that God is calling you to give to others will be hard, but that's your calling. Do not expect to be served, but to serve and to give your life away like our Lord did, who came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Number 11, finish your course. Again, I do not want to count my life of any value or precious to myself. If only I may finish my course in the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus. It's hard to say that at the beginning of your ministry uh, to finish. Paul was here at the end of his ministry. But I pray that you would always surround yourself with older men and that, you'd be, that you, would, you would finish your course. I pray that you would learn from Pastor Gary who always says, if there's just one thing I want, I want to finish well with the Lord. I pray that as you begin this gospel ministry, that you would finish this gospel ministry. Number 12, remember who gave you this ministry. It says right here, Paul says, that that I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. The gift that you have been given, this gospel ministry, is a gift Do not boast in your gifts, but boast in the gifts of God. God has given you this ministry. Trust him for it. Number 13, life is a vapor. In verse 25, and now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone out proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. You and Jamie know that we are not guaranteed to be with the ones we love forever. Life is short. So I would just challenge you to love your wife. Life is short. Labor hard. When trials come, know that they will not last forever. Sometimes we experience a glimpse of that suffering, but that suffering pales in comparison of the glory that will be revealed on the last day. 14. Be innocent by sharing the truth. Be innocent by sharing the truth. Verse 26, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. Uh, Brother, you will see people sin. You will see people do things that you wish you didn't. But can I tell you this? Confront them. Admonish them. Entreat them. Strive to have a clear conscience before God and man. And again, tell people what they need to hear rather than what they want to hear. God needs ministers who have backbones and courage. Churches need pastors who have backbones and courage. You may not like them in the moment, church, but you will appreciate them in the long run. Be innocent by sharing the truth. 15, teach the whole counsel of God's word. For I did not, verse 27, shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God's word. Uh, You are a man of the book. John, you love God's Word. Praise God for your love for the Word, for writing it upon your heart. He's given you 66 books that make up this one treasure. Teach them all. Teach the law. Teach the prophets. Teach law and grace, wrath and mercy, love and sin, faith and repentance. Teach the whole counsel of God's Word. 16. Watch your life. If there's going to be two verses that I would ask you to memorize from the three verses, verse 24, 28, and 32. 28, pay careful attention to yourself. 
Do not let sin fester. Kill it. Confess it. Love your wife and listen to her. Uh, those of us who've been married know this, is that your wife is God's gift to you. Uh, and I promise you, if you listen to Jamie, uh, she will spare you from much trouble. Listen to your wife. I pray that you would fight with all that is in you, brother, to keep your affections in Christ. Ministry is a calling. But we know that there are tasks to do. And one of the challenges of the gospel ministry is that doing the work of ministry, you lose your first love. I pray that you would keep your affections on fire for Christ. Fight for that joy. 17, not only watch yourself, but watch the flock. Pay careful attention to yourself and to all the flock. Brother, one day you will stand before the Lord for the flock that God has given you. Care for them well. As you do, smell like the sheep. Run after them. Number 18, trust the Spirit. Trust the Spirit. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. One of the challenges when you enter into gospel ministry is that sometimes people walk away from you. Sometimes people start to enter into your life and in your ministry, and then they, they think, well, I'm not really ready. I'm not really sure if I like that person or for whatever the reason. Uh, but listen, brother, the Lord will bring people to your church. The Lord will bring people to your ministry. You don't have to worry about who God brings and who, who he doesn't. You need to trust in him. Allow God to do his work. Trust him. 19, value the church. One of the things I love about you, I think one of the things I love about you the most is how much you love Park Baptist Church. Your love for Park Baptist Church is very close to the love that the Lord has for his church. You see it right here. In which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Jesus spilled his blood for the church. To, to ransom them, to rescue them. And the way I've seen you love our senior saints to our, to our babies, I've seen you love the church, always love the church, because Jesus loves the church, paid for it with his own blood. 20. See, we're moving fast. I know, you're surprised. 20. Protect the flock from those outside. Um, verse 29. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will rise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. So the best way you can protect your people from those who are outside the church is by teaching them the truth, by teaching them the, the, the whole counsel of God's word again and again. Remind them of these truths. Point them to these truths. But not only protecting those from outside, 21, protect from those inside. Oftentimes, the greatest danger to the church are not those outside the walls, but those inside the body who preach heresy. You see, time and time again in the New Testament, people who are in the church preaching false doctrine. So you have enough backbone and gumption to confront false teaching whenever you find it, because they're wolves that want to tear apart the sheep. And you, as a shepherd, you protect the sheep, and you beat down wolves. 22, admonish with tears. We see that in verse 31. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease day or night to admonish 
every one of you with tears. No one rejoices rebuking someone, um, yet you're called to do so. But do it with tears. God wants humble ministers who love their people so that their hearts break when they walk away. Warn them again and again. If you see danger in their life, I pray that you do so with, warn them with tears. 23, great verse, 32, trust God's grace. Trust God's grace. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. John Whitaker, you are not sufficient for the task God's called you to. You are not sufficient. But God's grace is always sufficient. God is always sufficient. What we're doing here collectively as a body is that we are are doing what verse 32 says. We are commending you to God and to the word of His grace that word which is able to build you up when you need it the most. But not only trust God's grace, trust God's inheritance. It says it right there. To give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Brother, we're living for that day. You're living for that day when God will give you that that inheritance. Imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. We live today for that day. John Brown wrote this to a young man, newly ordained over a small congregation. He wrote this, I know that the vanity of your heart and that you will feel mortified that your congregation is very small in comparison with those of your brethren around you. But I assure you on the word of an old man, that when you come to give an account of them to the Lord Christ at his judgment seat, you will think you have had enough. Live for one day that you will receive the inheritance of God. But live so that you won't only receive it, but everyone in your charge will. Help them live for that day where they get to receive the inheritance of God that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. God has given you that task to push them and exhort them and encourage them until they meet the Lord. 25, trust no one's wealth. Trust no one's wealth. Verse 33, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Uh, John, I don't believe this is a challenge for you now. Who knows what comes down the road? There's many ministers who fall because of money. I pray that would never be said of you. We serve not for gain, but for the glory of Christ. 26, work hard for the weak. You yourselves know that these hands minister to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. God loves when his people care for the weak. I pray that you would always be known those who are tender-hearted and compassionate and merciful. That you are ready to help those who are weak. 27. Brother, it is better to give than to receive. Verse 35. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 
You know, one of the things that happens in ministry, people start to think that the people in the church are there to serve them. Brother, that is never the case, right? Uh, The first shall be last, the last shall be first. Give yourself again and again. Give your resources away to the people of God for the glory of God, right? Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. 28, pray for God's people. Verse 36, and when he said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. I pray, John, that you would give your people to God. Wherever God calls you, whether it's here, ministering among college students, among our body, uh, to pastor a church, I pray that you would always give your people to God. That you would pray, and then you would pray, and you would pray. And you would trust God to do his work among his people. 29. Weep for... And with God's people. We see this in verse 37. It says, And there was much weeping on a part of them all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. 30. Remember, you are loved. This church loves them some John Whitaker. <laughs> um, this pastor loves him some John Whitaker. The Lord loves you. The love that we have for you, the love that I have for you, the love that that Jamie has for you is only a glimpse. It's a sliver of the Lord's love for you. And I know that when you go out there and you do your ministry, there are going to be times when you're discouraged. There are going to be times when you feel that you are forgotten and alone. But you need to know that you are never alone. You have the love of God, the love of your wife, and the love of God's people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for tears, God. We thank you for what those tears symbolize. How they are wound up in years of of love and years of, of watching your hand in someone's life. So, Father, we thank you for tears. We thank you for love. We thank you that you are a God that came to save us, to redeem us, uh, to give us a new family, to give us your church uh, that you purchased with your own blood. Father, we, as we come now to commit John formally and publicly to the gospel ministry, God, I pray that these words from one of your dear saints would rest upon his heart, that he would love you with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and he would love others as himself. 
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, What we're going to do now is I'm going to ask the uh, elders of the church and those who have been uh, ordained into the gospel ministry as pastors uh, to come and pray for John. John's going to be up front. uh, And while we pray for him, we're going to sing.